daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And I'm Evan Klosky, and I've really missed that open. There we go. We are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your first listen every day. And remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. You may have heard that voice before. That is Evan Klosky. WTSP Channel 10 Sports Director. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, and we figured, you know, in the off season, give you a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather, but there's been a lot of Rays baseball news happening over the past week or so. Uh, getting right into it, Wander Franco's massive contract extension. Uh, Evan, when you first heard that news, what were your initial thoughts and impressions? Not great. Um, th- we have talked about this uh, during the regular season about, hey, the Rays need to extend this guy ASAP Rocky. And then when I look through some of the, the deals around Major League Baseball and what when they usually pop up, I was thinking, OK, maybe next year is going to be the year they do it because this would be unprecedented. But lo and behold, the Rays did something unprecedented. It's Largest contract in franchise history. It is the largest commitment to a player with less than a year of service time. So, uh, and not to mention, he's also the fifth. I don't know if I want to burn my trivia question out right now, um, but but he is the fifth player that the Rays have uh, worked out a deal with with less than one year of service time. Can you name the other four? Yes. Go you for know. it. Evan Longoria. Yep. Matt Moore. Yep. Chris, no, not Chris Archer. Um, Kevin Kiermaier. Nope. Chris Archer? Yep. I thought you were going to do that thing where you, you're so good at saying the right answer, and then I'm going, nah, that's not it. I know. Okay, uh, I need one more, right? Brandon yep. Lau. That's it. Yep, got them all. Yeah. Did you say Matt Moore? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Matt Moore is the young. Matt Moore was, was 17 days. That's so, insane. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, every Rays fan should be stoked. Um, he is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. He is easily the most talented player who has ever worn a Rays jersey. Now, that's not to say he's the most beloved Ray of all time or could be that. He, and he might very well be. But there is nobody who has come up through the system who has worn a Rays jersey that exudes the talent that Wander Franco has. And for this franchise to step up and make a commitment like that to a player like that, um, that's, that's nice to hear. Now there, there is no, no trade clause. So, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge down the road, but at Mm -hmm. least, um, you know, for the next four or five years or so, while the money is, is not fully kicked in yet, um, it's a great deal. And not to mention, even when it is kicked in, uh, it's, it's such a, it's such a help me help you situation. He's, you know, going to max out of like, I think $25 million through the 11 year contract. And then if the, the club option kicks in, that's when he's got like another chunk of change coming his way to turn 182 million into 223. So, um, but yeah, it, awesome. Love it. I, I, I want, I want to, for, first of all, you were there at the, at, at the press conference, correct? Mm-hmm. 
Can you talk a, a little bit about the the ambiance, the 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 mood in in that room for race fans that that wished that could have been there? Can you talk a little bit of what was said, maybe by by some of the key players, maybe Eric Neander, Kevin Cash, Wonder Franco himself, a little mm -hmm. tidbit? Can you can you take us into that room? Yeah, well, first off, uh, Enchanted is is filling up Tropicana, Tropicana Field. So when you walk in, like, holy crap, why is it like there's Christmas trees on the mound? There's Christmas trees in the outfield. There, there's a maze uh, in the in the visitor's dugout. So yeah. I walked in. I was like, well, that's new. Um, By the know, way, that pretty soon, a handful of years from now, that might be all that site is used for. Yeah, that, that's it's okay. It might not be used for playing baseball. Way. You know, if you, right. if you if you live in the Tampa St. Pete area, it's, if you got kids, it's 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 really yeah. cool. You get to go on the field. There's whatever. We'll we'll push that for another time. But <laughs> so I get in there, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, small small gathering for the most part, which is something that we're used to with the Rays. Um, and I mean, there was there was excitement. You can tell that uh, Eric Neander was very appreciative of Stu for opening up the checkbook and allowing him to kind of get this deal done. That um, you know what I asked, what I asked Neander and Kevin Cash when I talked to them individually, I said, you know, what differentiates him versus any other prospect that's ever come up through the organization? Uh, Kevin had had the best answer to me, and he said, you know, when he hit that struggle, when he was when he came up. And he, he wasn't succeeding and just watching him work and figure his way out of that and be so successful right after, uh, you know, things, you know, when he hit that, like one, I think he was batting 197 at one point for him to turn it around as quickly as he turned around. He said, not enough people talk about how hard that is. So many times kids have to go back down to figure it out and come back up. I mean, Mike Trout is the guy that had to do that. You know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it took like a full year for him to really figure it out as well. And um, he, he would just he was floored. He was floored by that. And he said once once he kind of fished out of that and saw the kind of heater that he went on afterwards, he, you know, in his eyes, he was like, this kid is is something else. But um, yeah, overall excitement. I was I was surprised. Uh, you know, Stu was a, a he was a little bit offended when asked how rarely they extend players and make these commitments to players. And it, it was a good answer um, in the sense that the Rays are very good at making commitments to players. Mm. They're also just very good at trading those players after said commitments. So his, his thing was a lot of times – the rays that they bring up and they come up from the farm system, a lot of times they cycle through their first contract. That they're not trading these guys before their their rookie deals up, before their first contracts up. It's it's there's there's something bigger there. And and yes, we can all point to the the Blake Snells and all that other stuff. But um, that was an interesting comment. And and um, you know, for I thought it was I thought it was it was a valid response. I do think that probably the commitment was was something that he sidestepped was that semantics was he playing yeah. a little bit of semantics there yeah, no totally because it is it's like you know it is true that the rays are good at committing early it's just you're not you're not good at committing long term you know <laughs> you guys are great with like three four year relationships but when it comes to marriage you guys are uh you know really not into it gotcha yeah that's a good point by the way do you think evan that wander is with the rays long enough to the point that he will 
make a salary of $25 million in a Rays uniform, or will the Rays ship him off before he gets to that threshold? Uh, I, I do believe he will, he will be here, um, be with the Rays, wherever that is. Um, you know, it, it, with, with Stu and with Stu there, uh, I, I withheld from asking any Montreal type questions or I just thought it was unfair to wander. And, um, you know, usually I'm kind of, I like to push in, in that scenario. But I, yeah. I, we'll just get an, I mean, we never, we don't really get to talk with Stu. So seeing him there, I thought was an opportunity, but having said that I, I we weren't there for that and yeah. we were there for wanderers. So that's one of those things where, you know, maybe you can call me soft, but that's, you know, I, when, it, when it comes to respect, that just, you know, that's just how I kind of do business too. You know, if, if he's on the field, I can ask him the question, but in, in that setting, I thought it might've been out of bounds, but um, I do, I do believe Wander will be here long-term. The fact of the matter is the Rays never had a guy who they're, they're never going to extract the value necessary to get Wander in return. And the money that he's going to be making is not an exorbitant amount of money. Like when he's making 25 million, it's still going to be a complete deal, a steal that this guy is, is, is playing under you for $25 million. So from that perspective, I don't know what on earth the Rays could get in return to get a deal like that. But it's quite obvious that, you know, because the Rays have committed to him as a 20 year old and he had so many years left of control that on the back half, when he's really going to be an MVP caliber candidate, uh, I mean, it might happen as soon as a year or two from now, but when he's really at his peak, when he's 27 years old, um, that's where the Rays make their money, right? I mean, the Rays are going to get, the Rays are, giving up money early on to make it up later. You know, that's the investment that they're making and wanders receiving money earlier so that, um, you know, he doesn't have to wait around five, six years to make 300 something million dollars. This was a question that a listener asked us not too long ago after the wander Franco deal was reported and made official. Who do you, of these young stars, who do you think will have the better career if we want to go by war or whichever metric you prefer, Wander, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis, or Vlad Guerrero Jr. Which of those guys, 25, 30 years from now, we look back and say, this guy had the best career of all of them? Oh, man. Holy smokes. Uh, that's super tough. I mean, you're you're really... You're taking, like, I think those are the five faces with, with Shohei Otani. You know, the five, like, some of the, like, the biggest faces in baseball for the next half decade to a full decade. Yeah. If I had to choose, I would lean um, probably Soto um, only because I would love to say Wander. I just, I, I need more than 70 games. It's not fair to him because Soto has, I think, the most on his resume. He was also a guy that came up at 20 years old. He has been absolutely unbelievable every step of the way. Uh, the the lone bright spot in the national squad this year almost won the MVP on that crud of a team yeah. because he was that good. Um, so I, if I had to pick an answer, I would say Soto 
mostly because I think his talents translate long term. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with with Vlad Guerrero Jr. when he gets to an older age, and you know, can his body support that weight? I mean, you know, th- there are those questions. Fernando Tatis injury issues. Um, he's going to be moved to the outfield. You know, um, yeah. So I don't know. The, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking. By the way, this is a, it's a very right. good question, a very tough hypothetical. I do believe that if you gave me another year or two with Wander Franco, my answer could be Wander Franco. I think if we post each other this question on November or no, December 2nd of 2022, mm-hmm. uh, then we can maybe start to have a little bit more substance than what we have right now. Cause yeah, 70 yeah. games. I agree with you, uh, Evan, just let's, let's be fair to not only wander, but the other guys that yeah, have shown yeah. up a little bit more. Yeah. Exactly. I would just say this. I think wanders absolutely in the conversation when we're talking about a franchise as yeah. frugal as they've been, right. that puts down at the least 180 plus million dollars to a 20 yeah. year old. So mm-hmm. they know and they believe that he is going to be a very, very, very special and transcendent talent. Uh, Bet Online has you covered all holiday season long, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action throughout the holiday season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D O N to receive that bonus. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Uh, Evan, uh, the, the Rays have been spending money like crazy, I guess. Not just Wander Franco, but they also signed Corey Kluber and Brooks Raley. Uh, let's start with the Corey Kluber deal. Uh, the Rays inking him to a one-year contract at $8 million, but the deal could be worth up to 13 mil depending on incentives like games started and so forth. Uh, what did you make of this move from the race? This is the old uh, Tampa race special here, the old mm-hmm. one-year reclamation project. Um, <laughs> we saw it last year with guys like Waka, um, Chris Archer, you know, uh, Charlie, I mean, Charlie Morton was, was sort of in that, ilk before he became kind of Charlie Morton. You know, this is, this is what they do. They try to, they try to buy low and, and extract as much value out of you in that year, Rich Hill. Um, so I, I love the signing. I will say this to fans, Corey Kluber for me is not a factor into how I view this team in the future. So, you know, bringing in Corey Kluber does not necessarily solve starting pitching issues. Um, the same thing I kind of said with Chris Archer when he came back and we were talking about playoff rotation. And I said, until Chris Archer proves to me that he can pitch consistently, I, like I don't expect him to be there. And until Corey Kluber can prove to me that he can pitch consistently and not miss mm-hmm. time, I expect him to come in, pitch, and at some point be on the shelf. You know, Rich was surprised the heck out of me. He pitched the entire year. I didn't see that coming. And he no. really, it was unprecedented for him. So, you know, that was a guy I was waiting for the injury and it never happened. Um, so not saying that it will happen. It's just, I, I don't, I, I like the signing. It's, there's no risk to it. It's all reward. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He's gone the following year. So um, if he does work out, 
Well, now this team has a frontline guy to go to in the playoffs to, to take the ball game one. It gives you a veteran presence in there and a, a guy who was, who was Cy Young caliber talent and not to mention a Cy Young, uh, a Cy Young guy to talk to the other young pitchers in that rotation and, and to help them along, you know? What, so, would, what would working out though? You said if it works out great, if it doesn't, that's okay. It's only one year. What, in, in your mind, what is working out for $8 million or up to $13 million in your opinion? What, what, uh, what does for, that look like for, for his line? First off, I need him available in the postseason. Uh, that's okay. evident after coming off of this year. Uh, and I would, I would like upwards of 20 starts. Um, you know, obviously, if a pitcher goes the entire year, you're looking at like 35, 36 starts. Um, I'm not asking for him to log 35, 36 starts. Um, I would like to see him somewhere at 25 though. And I would assume the Rays are going to do their thing where Kluber would probably be asked to pitch five innings and call it good. So, um, you know, I, I, I like the signing. I just, I'm not running away in excitement with it because I right. just, I just need to, I need to see how he looks outside that's of fine. I think I think that's fair. Oh, okay. Kevin and I have actually disagreed on this. I say 80 innings, I think it's worth it. He helps curb the the innings from the young guys. He gives some veteran presence. That's that's perfect. Kevin says he's looking for 130, 140 innings. Oh, I did not say that. I I, I said the over under on 99 and two thirds innings. So it could be 101 then. Yeah. Okay, okay. Evan, at least 100 innings. I mean, 130, 140 is a lot to ask for a guy who's thrown just 116 innings the last three years combined. And quite frankly, he's a little bit of a has-been. He's okay. more named than anything right now. He, he didn't win those Cy Youngs yesterday. He did no. get a hitter. <laughs> so, Evan, what? Do, how many innings do you think would be a, a good barometer for him? You know, I, I mean, I, I do want kind of like above 100. And, you know, you say 80 – and 80 sounds good depending on where the 80 comes from, right? Like, if, I mean, if, if he's done by June and his season's over, how much good does that do? Look at, I mean, you know, Glassnow. Glassnow was a Cy Young caliber starter for the Rays. Mm-hmm. And he was knocked out halfway That's through fun. the year. And they needed him in the postseason. You know, if, if Glassnow didn't return till August and then gave me those innings, I might have a different opinion of how those 80 innings looked. So, okay. you know, depending on how those innings look and how they act, like help the team get to where they want to go, that would be the, the deciding factor for me. Um, so, I mean, 80 would be a maybe. I would like to see triple digits, though. I mean, you know, that's, okay. that's he's coming in here to yeah. to be a guy. You know, I mean, they're, they're giving he still has the potential to make 13 million. That's still a fat contract when it's considered for the Rays. So. You know, this is this is a dude that they're depending on in some regard to take the ball and, and kind of yeah. lead a, a very young rotation. Look, I mean, if they pay eight million dollars to the guy, I would imagine, at least from the race perspective, that they're hoping and banking on more than 80 innings. Or if yeah. it's only 80 innings, it better be the best 80 innings that you can think of. It better be, you know, Colin McHugh-esque level production from those 80 innings. Honestly, so. the, what he did with the Yankees, I think, was impressive. A 3.85 ERA, a 3.84 FIP, like in 80 innings, that's that's pretty good. And right now, $8 million, not bad for that type of production. So 
because you like you guys said, he didn't win those Cy Youngs yesterday. He kind of you saying he's kind of riding the coattails of his own name. Mm-hmm. If he just gives me 2021 production for 2022, I think this is a good deal. Yeah. I'm yeah, also curious to say see if you were to talk, if you were to talk to Yankee fans and ask how Corey Kluber was for them this year, I think they would provide you an answer that's like, eh. Yeah, um, didn't get to he signed done. a one-year, eleven million dollar deal, and there were some other teams in the chase there, and he did miss three months of the season too. So, yeah. and I, and I think who who knows how the innings shake out. I would imagine that the Rays would probably start him slow and want to make sure that he's really available for yeah. later stretches of the, of, of the season and into the postseason as well. I will be yeah. curious, and I am curious to see if he was offered more money by another team, i.e., the Yankees or somewhere else, but. He thought, okay, I don't have to deal with personal income tax. I have a home in the Tampa Bay area. I went to Stetson. I would relish working with Kyle Snyder and the pitching development team. I would be playing for a legit contender. So I wonder if, you know, maybe there's another team out there that offered $10, $11 million. And he said, no, I'll, I'll sign with the Rays well, for eight and then build in some incentives and go from there. Yeah. And speaking with the media, he said his number one goal was to win a championship and that he believes that the Rays – have the build of a champion that they, they they have that potential in them so he said with his age that's the number one goal right now and you know maybe i, I don't know if you guys have recognized but the, the yankees are out here cutting coupons all right they're uh yeah. <laughs> they're, they're turning toward the raves I, I don't know all, all i know is that the mets are now the yankees and the yankees are now the mets yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I still think all the money that the Mets are throwing around, I still think they fail to win 90 games next they, year. Really? Because they're, of the Mets, they're dysfunctional. Something's always going to go wrong. They got Matt true. Max. They got Jacob DeGrom. One, two. That's, is that the best one, two in all yeah. of baseball? Max is going to get injured. DeGrom's going to get injured. Lindor's going <laughs> to yeah. punch a teammate. All this stuff is going to happen. You the year, Cohen will be playing short. That's what's okay. going to happen. I'd like to see that. An asteroid's going to hit City Field. Ten games are going to yeah. get canceled. It's just, you know what's going to happen. I, I would not be surprised if, like, the guy who performs the best out of Everybody that the Mets signed is like Mark Canna or something. Like Eduardo he, Escobar. Yeah, those are the guys that come out on top of all Mark the uh, craziness. Never played a game against the Mets. I thought that was a re- that was like a weird thing. Oh, Jed Lowry, remember that? Yeah, that yeah. Jed Lowry's a great example of a guy who went to New York and just never played a game. So never played a game, Jed Lowry. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's cursed. It's cursed. The Mets are cursed. You know, you talk about coming here. Corey Kluber and, and telling the media, I want a World Series ring. Mm-hmm. What did Brooks really say? He said, I wanted to go to the Mecca of pitching. Yeah. Isn't I mean that that's gotta be pretty cool to 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 cover a team that is known now by the professional pitchers as the Mecca of pitching. Yeah. I mean, what they do is is innovative. they they got a great stat. Look, as, as much as um the organization pinches pennies. You know, there's no secret where they do invest is behind the scenes and they are a world class organization on that front. Um, what they do with the arms, the, the thinking and the rationale is elite. So, you know, the, the the proof is in the results that you've seen time and time again from these from these dudes who come up. I mean, you know, it's it, it's no surprise that, you know, Blake Snell is I'm not ready to write him off by any means, but like, you know, he left the Rays and he wasn't there this year. It wasn't, um, you know, that, that, that's happened that, you know, I, I guess Charlie Morton's still very good, but, uh, but, but yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of respect for the Rays 
throughout Major League Baseball. And it's well-deserved because they've laid a foundation of, of doing more with less, honestly, when it, when it comes to the, the on-the-field talent, at least when it comes to spending money on it. Yeah, and speaking of Rayleigh, it is an interesting deal because the Rays very rarely give multi-year deals to relievers. Uh, they gave him a two-year, $10 million deal that eventually could work its way up to three years and $19.35 million. So that's a lot of change for a reliever, or at least what we think is going to be a reliever. So I wonder what his role is going to be with the race. Is he going to be the closer? Is he going to be a mid relief guy? Is he going to be a long relief guy? Is he going to play the Kittredge role where he does a little bit of everything? I'm very curious to see how they deploy and work with this guy. And what's funny is that you look at his numbers with the Astros. It's not like they were, they they lit the world on fire, but if you dig deep into the metrics and, the average exit velocity and the spin rate and the hard hit rate, all that stuff is elite, elite, elite. And Colin McHugh in his last year with Houston didn't put up very good numbers. If you look at ERA and, and some of the traditional things there and and same thing with Brooks Raley. So I wonder if there's some, something that the Rays will instruct and tell Raley to do. And I know it's righty lefty, but it's a little bit different case there that will really click with him and allow him to put up numbers that McHugh put up with the Rays because Rayleigh's got a couple more pitches than Colin McHugh, but it's not like these guys were coming in throwing 97, 98. They're, right. they're soft tossers. They're finesse guys. They're uh, control and command guys. They're, they're spin guys. So uh, this is an interesting, interesting move, I think. No, I agree. Um, and you're 1000% correct. I mean, for an organization that has always found relief pitching mm-hmm. in areas we never even knew existed, um, to, to spend that kind of money on this guy, I agree. It does let me know that, A, his role is going to be elevated, that he is going to be somebody they lean on a little bit more than maybe everybody else that we've seen from this previous year where it was just kind of like grab and go and piece it all together in the end. Uh, he might be someone who has a bit more of a structured role with the team, but also that if they're committing to a guy like this and, and paying him, they see what you're seeing in the analytics and the, the hard hit rate, everything that you mentioned. I, I think, I think your analysis was, was spot on there. And you know, the, the Rays made him a priority. Uh, hey, this is a guy who was standing out on their Excel spreadsheet. We need to get yeah. the guy who, who has underperformed his, his uh, what we're seeing here. And, 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 you know, you, the one thing that you can always put the badge of honor on Ryan Yarbrough is the exit velocity, right? He just gets soft contact. He gets better soft contact than Ryan Yarbrough. Brooks does. So, I mean, it's I'm, I'm really interested about the money, about the peripherals, like what his role is going to be. I agree with you, Evan. The fact that they're throwing this much money uh, could mean an elevated type of role. And we all know about Yarbrough getting mm-hmm. a, a race this year, uh, coming from the left side. You also know history with Brooks being a starter in, in Asian ball. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, honestly, I'm kind of happy of seeing all of these moves being made, Evan. I'm just ecstatic that it just feels like you're on the anti-social media every couple minutes getting a new deal. But it's because of a bad reason. It's, it's the CBA lockout yeah. and the impending doom. So what are your thoughts on this 99.99% likelihood 
that the lockout will begin uh, and, 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 you know, peek behind the curtain. You know, we're well, recording this hours before the deadline. What, yeah. what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, it was great. I, I talked with Eric Neander and um, we had a conversation where, A, he said the offseason has been, been fun. And in some respects, this has been great for the game because it really has forced every front office to move a lot faster and get their work done ahead of time. You know, this is like, you know, if you're out there working and your typical deadline is, Hey, I'm going to, you know, do this by in three months. And then all of a sudden your boss comes back to you and says, Oh no, three months. We need this done by the end of the month. That's the way all these front officers are working. So they said, on one hand, it's great because they've got all this work done already. Right. This mm-hmm. is stuff they usually marinate on. But, um, the problem is they are very well aware that once this lockout hits, which you made it very clear is in almost certainty. And I think that's no secret. It's, it's out there. We all know about it. It's, you know, not inside information, just um, that it's going to stop and they, they can't communicate with players and, and all that stuff. And so it's going to be a lot of downtime. Um, yeah. So we, we had all this action here and it's been fun and, you know, it's kind of like what we, we love with, you know, the way that kind of a baseball offseason should work where you're in the headlines and you're, you're, you know, moves are happening, moves are happening. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know when we're getting back to action. I, I, it's been the biggest fear of mine for, for a year now. I, I really do believe that it would be it would behoove both sides to maybe work out a short-term deal of, of a year or two and kind of get back to work and – punt this a little bit further down the line when you're not so close coming off of the, the BS 50 game season, mm-hmm. 60 game season um, where these owners need to make their money. But the issues that are at hand right now, it's, it's a problem. Uh, the owners have gone too far and the owners are not doing right by the product, especially from the player's perspective, because there's no incentive for owners to win on the field. There's none. There are some owners who will, who give a crap about winning and they will, you know, and when the time is right, they will strike and they will make deals happen because they have the horses now that have come up through the farm system to make it happen. But overall, you, owners are making their money. Whether right. That's the thing, right? These TV deals, it doesn't matter whether one person watches or we can talk about the tremendous ratings that the Rays have. It doesn't matter. The money's in yeah. the bank. Don't care if you watch. Now, yes, that affects the next deal uh, and what's going to happen there. But um, the, the the players need, A, more money funneling onto the field mm-hmm. if they're all going to do this revenue sharing BS um, and kind of create a little system here where no owner loses, right? There's no risk for them. So they don't – There's you know – they can't work out their budget sheets to say, hey, if I spend less on players, I can make this much more money, right? So there needs to be a floor of, of what, the, what the players are making, a higher floor. Also, the players need to work out a deal where organizations don't have so much control over you um, throughout your career because, at least, you know, like NFL teams have you for about five years. But in the NFL, you get drafted and you play. You know, in, in Major League Baseball, it, look at Randy Rosarena right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy, rookie of the year, but he's an old rookie. There's no way the Rays are going to pay him. And by the time that he's going to get paid, 
he need he he's gonna be done. His his his, his peak is over. And he so, knows it too. He changed agents to Scott Boris uh, not a month ago. He knows this. I mean, yeah, they know yeah. this. It, it's it's really a shame. Yeah, I mean, if if I was a guy like Randy, like I, you know, I'd hold out. Like there, the, like there, there needs to be more holdouts in baseball. Like not from a fan perspective, it sucks. You know, we don't like holdouts in football either. But like you know, there got to be players that say screw it. Like you know, this is this is BS. So you know, there, there have there's just so many systems in play it, it does feel like we're going to lose uh, we're going to have more teams in the playoffs which is going to be a compromise right the player is going to say sure you want more playoff teams go ahead here's more revenue for you but now you got to meet us over here um so you know that's that's going to be important and obviously the you know the owners want to try and create more of a disincentive to go over the luxury to go into the luxury tax would then be, which would be a roundabout way to creating a salary cap, which the players association is never going to go for. So um, yeah, I'm, wor- I'm, I'm certainly worried that we're not going to start on time and it might be a shortened season. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a grind. This, they are not happy. This is not a, um, I do not feel optimistic. Wow. How, how much of a shortened season do you think? Is it 120 games, 100 games, 140 games? You know, it's a good tell. you know, that's the thing is right now the lockout's about to start. There's no reason for anybody to capitulate on anything, right? These are my terms. You don't want to meet them. I mean, they're, what, they're, they're like meeting for seven minutes and leaving the boardroom. It's like, yeah. you know, they're, they're just like, oh, is this how we're going to start? All right, cool. We're out. Like, we already talked about this. You're not capitulating. I'm out. Like, that's the way that's happening right now. They're not even, they can't even be in the same room with each other. So we can't even have them talking. That's a problem. But when, when we get to spring training time and they haven't reported, then you're going to have more headlines. Then you're going to have one baseball returning. Then you're going to have fans pissed off. Then the cycle begins. Then the pressure starts being felt. Now we're letting fans down. Now we're doing all this because right now it doesn't matter, right? Like, I mean, we, we're not supposed to have baseball in December, January and February, you know, that we already earmarked that. So, so for us, it's not going to raise any flags. So they're going to work in silence and nothing's going to happen. But when it's baseball time, that's when, um, that's when sort of the deadline's going to hit just because of the, the amount of pressure that every, every day that goes by, you're losing a game, you're losing revenue, the players are not making salary, the owners are sinking more money into their team with nothing coming back. You know, they're not fulfilling their, their RSNs. That's a big problem. So um, that's when it will be, um, you know, it's, 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 it's like mutually assured destruction to take it deep into the season. So never did I think that you would be the most negative on this podcast. Never, yeah. never. In, 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 it, I didn't I, have I any negative. I'm, I'm realistic. I like, it just, the, this has been, I've been, I've been like this ever since the pandemic, when we had a 60 game season, when they were losing the pandemic as ways to figure out how to screw over one another. And they were not working together. That gave me all the signals that, that I needed as proof that these two sides will not see eye to eye. And it took them forever to come up with something and right. It came down to like, Hey, if we don't do it today, there is no season. And then they got it done. So 
you know, I, I don't know how much of the, you know, I would love to say that, you know, maybe we miss like a month. You know, I'd love, first off, I'd love to say that I'm wrong, that, yeah. that they'll figure it out, get it done. Um, as I said, I, I really, I really hope that they, they kick it down, make a couple of, make a couple of capitulations on both sides, handle the big stuff in a couple of years and just kind of get back on track because I think both they're hurting each other. I mean, the game is, you had a 60 game season. It's just, it's not good momentum for baseball. It's not while every other league is, you know, the NHL is back on ESPN and, you know, they're they're just, everyone's going to keep on chugging along. And if it wasn't for McGuire and Sosa, you know, the last time this, this all happened, who knows where baseball would be today. So you know, and, and we're not even done with like the leaks and all that stuff. Baseball using two different balls, right? We're going to hear some, some stuff that's just going to come out from both sides to try to pummel the other side. So Kevin, if he's right, we're going to be talking about this for quite a few months. Well, we can always watch minor league baseball, right? Guys that aren't on the 40 man roster. Can't they still have games? Can't they? Maybe let's get some scabs in here. I mean, locked on biscuits, locked on hot rocks, locked on Durham Bulls. Let's get it going here. A lot of content, baby. If you're a locked on Rays listener, we're going to be talking about this. A minor league podcast sounds like a great idea. They got, I mean, you know, they're talented down there. Yes. Yes, they are. All right, uh, Evan. By the way, where are you going on vacation? You have vacation coming up. Where are you heading? Going going to uh, Breckenridge, Colorado. Um, yeah. for, for a surprise 30th birthday for a friend. So it's Very okay. Nice. By the time this comes out, uh, we're already there. So if he finds out, uh, he, he's going to find out like 12 hours before the flight where they're going, and he still doesn't know what the heck's going on. So his brother's done a great job keeping it a secret. But yeah, cool. we're going to be embracing the cold weather, maybe yeah. a little skiing action in, and um, I'll be at just a quick little uh, three-day trip. Bring some snow for us back, please. No, you don't know with the weather here, it, 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 it's been cold. It's I, been like, nice. It, Look at me wearing my, my, my sweater inside, my predominantly sweater. Let's it's go. So, it's so funny. I walk outside, people wearing like scarves, and I'm like, oh my. Let's, me, let's take it. Let's take it easy, guys. I know it's. I know it's like fifty something, but come on. <laughs> Below 65, I'm like, all right, give me the beanie, give me the scarves, yeah. wear my gloves, let's go. Below 70, I'm wearing a fur Below coat. Sweater. <laughs> your blood thins in Florida after after a certain while. There you go. Uh, all right, Evan, how can people find your work and find you? Uh, I, I guess you'll be MIA a little bit on vacation, but uh, besides that, where people can reach out to you. Yeah, uh, you know, right there, if you're, you're watching on YouTube, at Ekloski, WTSP on Twitter. Uh, always down for discussion, conversation, debates, just be respectful. And uh, almost always I'm going to reply. So um, that that's the easiest way you can find me on Instagram at Ekloski on Facebook. Uh, also head to 1010bay.com during the off season. Not only did we uh, just post uh, those one-on-one conversations that I had with Kevin Cash and Eric ne- uh, Neander to our 1010 Bay page and also my Facebook page, but then, you know, we also are covering the Bucks as we're kind of reaching the end of that season here, uh, about six six games left in, in the year for the NFL before we head to the playoffs, and the Buccaneers will almost certainly be competing for another championship. The Bolts, uh, they're looking pretty good, uh, again, in, in road to their, their three-peat, but they got, they got a lot more a lot more games left. Their, their playoffs begin in May, so we're, you know, hopefully baseball season's back. 
<laughs> when uh, we're heading to those playoffs. But uh, yeah, we got to cover for you as uh, trying to keep you entertained. Uh, and, and it looks like we're going to need some entertainment here uh, during the offseason because the baseball news, as much as we've been getting that, that quick hit into the arm, uh, it's, it's about to be shut off very quickly here with news. Unfortunately. All right, uh, Evan, thank you for joining us. Enjoy the vacation. And to all the listeners out there, thank you again for making the Locked on Race podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on Bets podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. And we'll talk to you next week.